Welcome to the Learning Through Grace podcast, just three guys in a Bible learning through grace. I'm Alan. I'm Tyler. And I'm Derek. All right, today we're going to talk about Jesus cleaning the disciples' feet. Let me set the scene to kind of get us ready to talk about it. All right, so this is the, the Last Supper. It's the Passover festival, and so they've gone up to the upper room, and they're sharing a meal together, and Jesus excuses himself to clean the disciples' feet. I'm going to read it right now. Again, it's my wife's favorite gospel. A lot of the stories I say come from my wife's favorite gospel. Uh, this is the Gospel of John. This is chapter 13, and I'll read this story. It's Jesus washing the disciples' feet. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that is why he said not every one was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightfully so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor his messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So there's like lots of things that we can talk about with this story, with this um, just story of Jesus. Um, what are some things that kind of stick out to y'all? I think to me, the thing is just the complete humbleness of Christ and how he goes and just puts himself down there to wash the disciples' feet when they when they are thinking, hey, who are you? I can't believe you are coming to do this. And I think that is the, the thing that sticks out the most. Yeah, that's what, one of the things I wrote down as I was reading the story. Just humility, humility and yeah. service are such a critical part of Christ Jesus' ministry that the leader, God himself, is taking on the role of a servant, that, that he, he's taking the time, he's wrapped a towel around himself, and he's going to each disciple, and he's washing their feet as an act of service to them, as an example to us that we need to serve each other. I think what sticks out to me, <laughs> this is something that, not just a story, many stories with Jesus, even up until he goes away to be crucified, is just like, these guys have been with him. Like, they've traveled. At this point, they've been, this is towards the end of his ministry, and, like, they've been with him. They've seen him do all these things, and they still just don't fully get who he is. 
Like they still don't fully understand what he is here to do. Because like even in the, like they've seen him do all these things. They've seen him serve people. They've seen him, and yet when he does this, for some reason, it catches them off guard. I'm like, wait, what? Why are you doing this? What? <laughs> it's like, have you not been paying attention to what I've said, what I've done? Not me, Derek, but me, Jesus. Like he's just got to be a little like. I don't know if frustrated is the right word. It's probably my rea- my response, but there's got to be some part of it's like, at what point are you guys going to put two and two together and figure out what the point of this is? Right. Yeah. And they do that so often with him. It's like, no, no. What are we What are we doing here? It's like, no. This is like the kind of the point of why I'm here. I'm here to show you how to live. I'm here to show you that we need to be humble. We need to serve one another. Um, you see the apostles question Jesus and his motive sometimes throughout Scripture. I mean, I think that it even goes on as Peter denies him, you know, and he says it three times and Jesus asked him, do you love me? Do you, you know, all the stuff that he says and three times he asked him and he goes, of course I do. And then what happens as we know, Peter denies him. And it's just the same thing. Just like Derek was saying, it's like, how do you not know what, how do you not know that you've gone through this whole journey with him, you know, with, with Jesus. And now here we are. Right, is he about to be crucified, and you deny him? And what, that's that's the, that's something that, from what Derek said, I I take away from that is how do you not know? Right, and I think sometimes we can put ourselves in the story because we kind of know the whole picture. But I mean, if if Alan was at the at the table as well, I'm not going to say that I'd be as good of a, an apostle as Peter. I'd be like one of the ones that we don't know much about. I'd probably be with there, right there with them, you know, not fully grasping what his message is, which is why he has to reiterate it again and again and again. I mean, even the, here we were talking about Peter, and Peter's the one who says, "Don't just wash my feet, wash wash all of me." And Jesus says, "You know, that's not really necessary. <laughs> like, we're, that's a little too much. You know, I'm just trying to wash your feet to give a, like teach you a point. I don't have to do all that." Yeah, and we see Peter doesn't fully get it, right? Like. Jesus says this, and you're like, okay, Peter's finally going to get the point here. He's going to finally kind of understand. And maybe in the moment he did, maybe in the moment he did, we don't have a full understanding of his perspective necessarily, but maybe in the moment he did get it. And maybe he was like, okay, this is what God's trying to teach me. But it didn't, either didn't stick or he just wasn't ready to fully embrace it. Because we see not long after, I mean, they're up on the mountain, the guards come to get Christ. And what's Peter's response? Denial. Well, before that, he takes out a sword oh, and cuts oh, yeah, off yeah. the guard's ear right in front of Jesus, who has set the example that this is probably not what anyone that reading the Bible would think Jesus wants, right? And we're just reading the story. Peter's living it, and he still is struggling and doesn't fully understand what's happening around him, and he cuts off the ear. And it's such an important part that it's captured in all four Gospels. It's not just one. Like a lot of... A lot of stories we'll see in one or two, and there's only a few that you see in all four. And Peter cutting off the ear is in all four. And to me, that screams, hey, this is important. Pay attention, right? Um, so Peter cuts off the ear, and Jesus is like, hey, good job, Peter. Thanks for defending my right. honor. Uh, his response is, put your sword in its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? He's like, look, I'm here to serve all man. I'm here to serve a purpose. Do you not understand that's what I'm here? Right, right. And that that's the kind of like the next 
um, lesson we can kind of learn from this story is like the cleansing that that Jesus does bring, because this is the point as to why Jesus is here. He is here to bring spiritual cleansing. Like, of course, he's washing their feet, but it symbolizes some, something so much more deep than just you know, their, their feet. No, he is cleansing and cleanses us of all of our sinful impurity. And that's one of the the most beautiful things about Jesus is that he brings us that cleansing through the cross that he is just he's quickly going to be going to right after this story the cleansing and the forgiveness that that Jesus brings us and that that service goes to everyone and i think when we look at this section about peter cutting off the ear that's the one that gets the big moment right like that's the one we all pay attention because like that's the action movie that's the big scene what doesn't, I think, get enough attention sometimes is the interaction between Jesus and Judas. The gospel is very clear that Jesus knows why Judas is there. Judas makes it aware by doing what he does. And Jesus could have had a number of reactions, right? He could have had a number of reactions to Judas walking up to him and like kissing him on the cheek to signify. And there's this moment where Judas is walking up to embrace him and I can only, just based off the way it's written, I can only imagine there must have been a moment of hesitation for Judas because Jesus' response is to look at him and say, friend, do what you came to do. He knew. Yeah. He knew. He knew, and he chose to follow through. Like, he could have followed like Peter and, you know, cut off Judas's arm. I mean, he could have done anything. He called 10,000 angels, the song says. Like, could have done all, and he said, no, I'm here to serve. I'm here to do what I'm called to do. Yeah, and... Jesus, knowing that Judas is about to betray him, still gets down on his hands and his knees, and he washes his feet, mm-hmm. Judas's feet, anyway, knowing Judas's intentions, knowing what Judas is about to do, betraying him and sending him off to eventually get crucified. And I wonder, like, that's a big lesson for us to learn as well, that, like, even in life, there's going to be people that either we don't like, we don't trust, we don't agree with, and what are we called to do? We're called to get down on our hands and our knees, and we are called to still wash their feet. We're still called to serve them and to love them. And I think that is so huge, and something that I just kind of recently in the past couple weeks have really kind of thought about. Is there a limit to that calling, to serve? No. We're supposed to love everybody. We're supposed to love our enemies. And so right now, I would say if... Somebody is about to betray the Lord. I would say that's an enemy of the Lord. And what does he still do? He still gets down on his hands and his knees, and he washes his feet. I don't think there's a limit to, especially Jesus' love, that he's going to be showing to everybody. I think that when you look at that at that specific message, um, little lesson that we can take, and I think for me it is, it is hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean... I work in education. You know, there are teachers that I do not get along with. There are administrators that I get along with some days, and some days I don't. You know, I mean, for me, it is so that part of this story about even in the bad times, we are supposed to serve everyone. And I think that is something that I hope that I always do. You know, I hope it's something that, and I know that I'm going to fail sometimes as we all fail, you know, but I think that is something that we can definitely take and that I will take away from, from what we're talking about here is to make sure that even in those bad times, even when I'm getting chastised by a parent or even when I'm getting 
asked, well, why are you doing it this way instead of that way, is to be humble and to have humility and to see maybe maybe they're right, you know, when even though I think I am. And to kind of go along with that, like looking for an opportunity to serve. Absolutely. Because like this scene of the Last Supper that the, the story of washing the disciples' feet is set in, like there's a lot of stuff happening. Like not only are they sharing a meal together, Jesus is doing some of his like final teachings. He's predi- one of the things he does is he predicts Peter's betrayal. He talks about the the vine and the branches. There's lots of like big lessons that Jesus teaches here, and he still finds a way and finds a moment in that evening with with his apostles to still show them a true act of service and show them that. When there's always time to serve somebody, and then showing them just a model of Christian life. It, that, that statement you made of there's always a chance to serve someone or a moment to serve someone. There's two stories in mind when we're looking at this that I think exemplify that idea of service even in the worst of times. Like times the three of us have never been in. Um, you look in Luke 23 and it's the story of Christ on the cross. I mean, Jesus is dying on a cross for hours, surrounded by people in agony. And in those final moments, what does he choose to do? We see in Luke 23, 34, he says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He is in pain. He's in agony. He's in the final moments of his life. He's gasping for breath. He's thirsty. He's hungry. He just wants it to end as a human being. His body is failing. And instead of saying, hey, God, kill all these people. Hey, God, get my revenge. Like, what? It, cast a pox on him. He could do anything he wants. And instead, he chooses, in my eyes, that service is him asking his father to forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And we go, yeah, that's powerful, right? Like, Jesus did some cool things. He did a lot of service. It doesn't end with him. The story continues. The New Testament doesn't end with his death and resurrection. The story continues of what happened after. Um, And we see the story of Paul and Silas in Acts 16. They're in jail. They're in a terrible situation. And it says that the Lord came and shook the jail with a a tremble that knocked every door open in the jail. If it's me, I'm gone. See you later. Peace out. I'm getting out of here. They're trying to persecute me for being a Christian. They're probably going to kill me. There's just terrible things happening to Christians at the moment. I'm gone. And jail now is not great. I can only imagine what jail at that time looked like, right? And they choose a different thing. They choose to follow God's plan. And they say, we're not going anywhere. And instead, they serve the jailer. I mean, you see them talking to him and ministering to him to the point that later on, we see his entire household is baptized because they chose a life of servitude over their personal gain in that moment. So we see these examples, right? We see a lot of examples of what it looks like. And that's great. Someone leading by example is important. But are we also told to do these things? Absolutely. Yeah. I think of in John, uh, in chapter 12, Jesus says, Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My father will honor the one who serves me. You're like, that's cool. For those that are around during Jesus' time, you serve Jesus, you'll be honored. It's like, okay, in 2023, what does that look like? How do I serve Jesus when he's not here? Well, he kind of talks about that in Matthew 25, where he talks about 
Do you have that one written down? Oh, good, Derek, good. I'm talking about how I was in prison and you came to visit me. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I needed food and you gave me food. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. So if we want to to serve Jesus, best way to do that is to, to look around and, and serve each other. And what Jesus does here is serve the ones that you love and you know love you, but also look for ways to, to serve those who don't love you, who don't treat you well, making sure that we're serving everybody to the best of our ability. So I'm going to use an example of what it looks like to me. So um, last Saturday, everyone came over to our house for Thanksgiving. My, our friends, uh, everyone here was there, and our our preacher Aaron and his family were there, and we cook. Everyone cooked. They brought a dish, and our preacher Aaron, at the after it was over, washed every single dish in our sink. And to me, that is something that was it meant so much to April and I. Like I just, it just blew me away that he served. You know, that's what he was doing. I mean, he knew that if there was seventeen of us, if if all the dishes were left, and I know that's something that's little, you know, but something of that small amount made such an impact on my wife and I. Like, we have talked about it several times since then, and I've told my parents, she's told her parents. I mean, it's just something that is it's so small, yet it meant so much to uh, my wife and I. That is serving, you know. And was was every dish in that sink from that meal? No, it was not. And did he stop and say, well, I'm only going to do the ones that help feed me tonight? No, not at all. He washed everybody's. He washed everybody's, even the dishes that were in there before we got there. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing that just, it was amazing. And we really appreciate it. And you never know what something very, very small might might do. That little act of service made such an impact. You never know what holding the door is going to do. You never know what... Just going up to somebody and asking them how their day is, you know, that could be of service. Or if you know of someone that has a financial problem and they need something and you can help them. I mean, just anything that small. Yeah, I, I kind of have a similar story. Um, a couple of years ago, I also work in the in the public school system. Uh, there was a time where we just could not keep anybody on the, the janitor staff. Like there were people constantly in and out. There were times that, you know, we had to, to really, like, pitch in around the school to make, she, make, make sure things were, were picked up. And I remember my, my principal and my assistant principal, at the end of school, would grab the, the, the janitor's little cart, and they'd go clean all the bathrooms, scrubbing the toilets. The, the two women who have to deal with more than, than anybody in that school, and what are they doing at the end of the day? There's they're scrubbing the floor of the bathroom. And that in turn makes me want to serve them 100%. even more because I'm seeing their example of a leader. And it's like, oh, well, I want to do what they're doing because look at look at what look at where they're spending their time. They're spending their time making sure that that the needs are met. And that's kind of what Jesus is doing here. He's leading by example. He's like, first off, he's God. And he said, this is what God does. God serves. And that's the example that I'm setting before you. You need to serve others. And if you're sitting here struggling going, man, I just, I'm full-time busy. I have family. I have kids. I just don't have time to serve. 
there's an opportunity that's happening. Pray. Just say, God, show me the opportunity to serve. And God will show you an opportunity to serve. Be ready. If you pray, God's going to answer. And it may sometimes be more than you expect. But yeah, that would be my challenge. Just pray. Say, God, I want to serve more. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like your attitude. Show me these opportunities to serve. And if you do it with the right spirit, God is going to show you those opportunities. And you may be a little overwhelmed at first. You can tell a long story about my father for another time about him praying a similar prayer. And God opened that door and he knocked it in heavy. Uh, it wasn't a gentle shove. And you got to be ready for it. You got to be ready to answer if you're going to ask God for that. But it's there. So, yeah, I'd say that's our challenge this week is look for an opportunity to serve. Doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be grandiose, doesn't have to be you driving to the inner city to work at a homeless shelter. It can be those little things of when you're at your friend's house, wash their dishes, or if you see some trash on the ground, pick it up so someone else doesn't have to. Like, do the little things. And it doesn't always have to be something that, that other people will see. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you're saying. If you're picking up trash, it, odds are nobody's going to see that. But somebody might. You know, just always doing what you know needs to be done. This has been a great discussion. I love this story. It's a good charge for us, and that's a good challenge, Derek, for us to look for reasons or look for ways rather, to, to serve people. What Jesus says to, to Zacchaeus at the end of the story with him is to, to seek and to save the lost. And one, th- one way we can seek and save the lost is serving the lost, looking for, re- looking for ways that we can serve them. Uh, this has been the Learning Through Grace podcast. You can catch us every other week on wherever you get your podcasts. <music>